You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, and there you go, Illini fans. That is the complete performance you have not been seeing during this seven-game win streak, though you have been winning, but that was a feel-good victory of what a top-five team in the country looks like, uh, what a national title contender, a Big Ten title contender looks like, as Illinois defeats Minnesota 94-63. to They go into Williams Arena and dominate a Minnesota team. Now, I know they had some injuries. I know they were shorthanded with Kalsher out, and Liam Robbins was not himself. But Iowa didn't win there, Michigan didn't win there, and Ohio State didn't win there. So let's talk about it in the Illini Inquirer podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher with Joey Wagner. We are at home. Derek Piper is in Williams Arena, which is actually one of my favorite places to visit because it's so unique, Joey. Uh, but Illinois hasn't liked visiting there. Most teams haven't liked visiting there. But uh, today it was a pretty good home for, for Illinois basketball. What a win. Okay, so you got the stuff we need to get out of the way, out of the way, right? No Gabe Kalsher, no Liam Robbins. Okay, let's move forward because, oh my gosh, that was what what a, from everywhere, right? I mean, it was obviously Io has this triple double, and and that's one of the things. This is the second time in two weeks. Like, okay, that happened, and then all this other stuff happened too. It's it's crazy how how that is. But I, I, when we were talking during the game, Jeremy, I went back to the Nebraska game in my mind where five guys scored the basketball. And they won, and it wasn't pretty. And then you get here, and it's just boom, boom, boom. And everywhere, is, there, there are points. Literally every, I don't say everybody, a lot of guys scored. And they had six guys who scored at least five points. They had Curbelo and DeMonte Williams were close. And that is kind of what I think, you know, when, we, when we've kind of looked at this team, like where where does this fit for, you know, how what's the next step for this? Because it can't just be all Iowa and Kofi. We're not foolish enough to think that. Yeah. And then this happens. And then it was just everyone, everywhere, and it was something else. I, I think we, we can get into that a little, Joey. Like when the supporting cast is good, Illinois is national championship good. And, and that's not hyperbole, right? Like when they get people other than Iowa and Kofi to help and score, um, they are great. Because I think defensively, they've been pretty consistently good uh, over the seven-game win streak. And I think that's why you have a long win streak while a team like Iowa hasn't. Because And that's why I didn't pick Iowa to win the Big Ten is because I just didn't think they defended consistently. For that one or two nights, they don't shoot well. Um, Illinois can win those games. And Illinois can win games, Joey, where those other supporting casts doesn't play well. Because I would assume was one of the greatest players Illinois has ever had. Kofi Coburn, one of the greatest post players Illinois has ever had. And when you have those two two guys you have a chance but I, I was looking it up at halftime the line are five and four when three or fewer players score in double digits they're now 11 and one eight and one against high major opponents when four or more players score in double digits and I think you probably got some stats on when they get so many to score five plus just even that kind of contribution this team can play with Baylor they can play with Gonzaga when they have guys who could do that I mean even against Baylor that first time they had four or five guys scoring double digits and they had chances in that game so when they have that 
15 points from Trent Frazier, 12 a season high from Grandison, Curbelo playing good ball, Georgie Bishanishvili giving good energy off the bench. Uh, and even I, I thought Adam Miller had good moments overall where you kind of saw little parts of his game defensively, rebounding, passing the, the ball, the dunk. Yeah, we had never seen that before. His points were late, but when you get that kind of overall contribution where everyone's kind of pulling a little weight, this team is, you know, national title, final four good. You know, I, I, my paper's all the way across the uh, the room from you. I think it's 12-2 and two they are when they have six guys score five or more points. The two losses, Baylor and Ohio State, they're number one seeds. Yep. Like those two, I, I don't know that, you know, a lot would have mattered in, in those two games. Those are two really, really good teams. And that is, you know, I, and then I, I went back to the Missouri game, right? And, and Io put up, what was it, 33 maybe? I, I'm drawing a blank. He put up a lot of points. And Brad's like, yeah, that's not – that's not it for me. I don't, I don't love that. And this is why, like, this is what Brad wants. And and I said it, you know, they want to, they want to hedge the screens and try to take the ball out of his hands and make life miserable. And there was maybe even last year, early part of last year, definitely his freshman year, you could do that because there weren't the scoring options around him. And I think he's probably also grown as a facilitator, even throughout this year, but maybe not even grown, but we're just seeing more of that aspect of his game, maybe because there are more weapons. And that's a part of his game that like, we know he can score. We know when he gets in transition, he can go baseline to baseline, put a player on skates and and, and score. Like it's, it's nothing, but we, Illinois just not had to ask him to be this facilitator because they, they couldn't afford it. Everything that they wanted to do was riding on him, scoring a lot of points and really, last year it worked, and it you saw a little bit of that fall away as Kofi started to establish himself in the second to the back half of that season. And now it's all starting to come together. And they said this, there's still you know a ways to go where they want to be. And I mean, okay, that's scary. <laughs> it, it really. Well, you're starting to see Joey. I mean, he had 21 against Wisconsin in a triple double. He had 31 against Nebraska. He can go do that, right? But he also over his last four games has 33 assists, right? And and that's part of, you know, he makes the right decisions, right? Like, he doesn't have to just score. He doesn't have to hog the ball. Like, Marcus Carr, he really today had to try and score 30. And and, and Trent Frazier made, hit, made that difficult. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But we're getting to this National Player of the Year conversation, and it's no slight to Luka Garza, Iowa people. Luka Garza is having a National Player of the Year season. And here's the thing, Kofi Coburn, I'm glad Bardo said it. Most years, Kofi Coburn would possibly win a Big Ten Player of the Year award and be a first-team All-American. And if Iowa wasn't on his team, he certainly would be that probably. But um, Iowa DeSumo is putting himself in that conversation, and not just because his overall play, his stats, like, yes, Garza scoring more, Garza gets more rebounds because he's a big man, but Iowa it makes a contribution in every every aspect his efficiency is through the roof he's a great three-point shooter now he's better defensively than Garz is so you can make these arguments but as you and I know Joey it's not just about that it's about narrative it's about having moments like that matter in college basketball and having a team that is one of the best teams in the country and right now over the last couple weeks with Illinois on a seven-game win streak fighting for a number one seed um maybe starting next on Monday Joey with Michigan or Ohio State um losing Illinois might be on that number one seed line and in second place in the Big Ten right that's that's better for Iowa than it is for Garza 
I think everyone kind of assumed Garza would win it, right, coming into this year. And now all of a sudden, Io is doing this, a triple-double, followed by the end of that Nebraska game, where he absolutely carried Illinois. The end of that Northwestern game, where he absolutely carried them to a win. And now another triple-double. Two triple-doubles in the last four games. Illinois had two of them in their entire history before this month. It's, it's nuts. And that's what's going to help him is I think there's momentum and there's a narrative now for Io DeSumo. So for me, flip a coin between those two. And at the end of the day, if, if we've talked about it, we did the roundtable. If Illinois wins the Big Ten, Io DeSumo should win it probably, in my opinion. If they finish third and Garza and Iowa are fourth, then it becomes a flip of the coin for me. But for those Iowa people, it's not that Garza is not good enough for it. It's just I think a lot of things are starting to swing in DeSumo's way. It's it's special moments, and it's winning, and it's him just having one of the best seasons we've ever seen in an Illini uniform. All right, so there's a lot to unpack here. First yeah. of all, if Illinois wins the Big Ten, that means we think, and you know a lot can shape out, but they're going to need to beat two of the three of – at least two of the three of Wisconsin at Wisconsin at Ohio state at Michigan. I think Joey, they probably have to win out, right? They probably do do. because Michigan's got, I mean, they got Ohio state once or twice, twice still. Uh, But I mean, Illinois is going to have to beat Michigan and have to beat Ohio state, right. To, to win the big 10 or at least have a share uh, of the big 10. And if they're going to do it by win percentage, Michigan has an advantage there just because they're not playing as many games. So they only have Ohio state once they got Michigan state twice, Indiana. And we see in the end of the day, I think Michigan's beating them. I don't think Michigan loses more than three games. No, I don't either. So, so, okay. Let's say they have to win out. We both know well enough that if they win out, Io Dosumu is exactly one of the two reasons they have decided they have won out. That's a pretty good thing to put on your resume is you won the big 10 and you went to Wisconsin, which isn't as great right now, but it's still at Wisconsin. You've gone to Michigan and really what, what might may well be the big 10 championship game. And you've gone to Ohio state and you've beaten those three, which is what it's going to take. 12 straight wins. It would take 12 straight wins. That's crazy. But they're playing really well right now. So, so we have that, and that, that's pretty good. And to be fair, Luca Garza, yes, right? Like, yes, he should. Like, anyone can debate the merits of who's going to win. But what's really not a debate is this thing belongs to be – there deserves a conversation around this award. And if you're an Illinois fan, if you're an Iowa fan, that is fun. Like, yeah. do that – sure, you're going to get fired up and you're going to defend your guy – well, here's here's my here's my problem is like people belittle like oh Luca Garza he did it against uh, this team that that doesn't defend the post I'm like dude he scored thirty something points like like I I know Wisconsin's a little soft right now in the middle but Garza still tore him up right you don't I mean just because Desumu did it against Northwestern or Nebraska you're not belittling that these guys are playing yeah. Big Ten basketball they're both awesome and great representatives of college basketball. And what Io has, I think, in his favor, and maybe there's a little bit of like the NFL goes to the quarterback, do guards have the ball in their hand and they can create. And when Io can create, he can create the moments. And those moments, we've talked about it, I've written about it, This they matter a lot. And how, like, yeah, Luca had 33. That is a moment. That is certainly a moment. And that's not to take away from what he's able to do when he's scoring the ball like that. And those are big things, but – there is a, maybe a different perception from people who don't follow it as closely, who, who would see a guy like Io have 
these moments that that captivate or that rally to a win. And I'm not trying to take away anything from Luca. He, if he wins this thing, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world to me. But I just think that there, there's a little bit of that guard bias for some mm-hmm. people who just see somebody creating like that, right, wrong, or, or what, that, that might exist in some people's eyes. So it's a conversation, man. It's a fun conversation to have. Illinois has not had this conversation in a while. And, and uh, you know who I think is probably going to win it is the, is the guy who wins more games to end the season, right? Like if, if Iowa – wins four of their last five, beats Michigan, beats Ohio State, finishes top three in the Big Ten, I think it's a lot better chance for Garza. But if Illinois finishes top two in the Big Ten and they only win or lose one more game and they're a number one seed, I think it's going to be him. I think it's going to be Io. So I, this is fun. It, it makes it – and you know what? Brad Underwood and his staff are thinking about it too because it would be a nice thing to have on their resume to have a national player there. They're already going to have a first-team All-American – and I think I would assume was certainly is playing his way into a first-round draft uh, conversation because why wouldn't you want that guy uh, on your team? But they kept him in there to get the triple-double. I would have advised against it. And you could tell Brad Underwood really was struggling with it. One, he didn't want to show up Rick Pitino in Minnesota. Uh, but two, like there's that injury factor. He sat Kofi, and that was the smart play. I don't know if it was I don't know if it was a smart play to leave Io in, but he got the triple double and he stayed healthy. So you look, I, I, I thought and Brad said about the same as like 330. It got to that under four timeout, and I'm like, he's not gonna like I don't imagine this goes any further than 230. Like after that, it's like, dude, if you didn't get one rebound in a minute and a half, sorry. Right? Like this is just not worth the rest of of our games here. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. I don't think Brad it, Brad is somebody, and he said it, he recognizes those moments and the, you know, what, what that means. It's history. But he also really respects the dude across the scores table from him. And he, I remember even after the Northwestern game, the, the blitzing in Evanston, he was like, Hey, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute here. That's not, that's not what Chris Collins does. So I, I think that really pulled on him a lot too. I so saw to that degree, like, yeah, I'm a little surprised he put him in there, but I think also it's like, if Io says he's going to get a rebound in a minute, like you're probably going to lean to believe that. So, man, it's history. Man, man, man. It's history. I mean, two and four games. We haven't seen one in 20 years. You talked to Serge a week ago about it, and you know it's really hard to do. And um, you know, Mark Smith back in the who a lot of people say is one of the most underrated players in Illinois history, who's played here in the 70s and 80s. Like he was a fantastic player. Um, but think of all the players who haven't. I mean, D never got one. Darren never got one. Kendall Frank. Gill, Nick Andrew, like those guys. Yeah, Frank never got one. Um, that's amazing. It, it's amazing what he's doing. And I, I know we say it every podcast now, but I mean, the next time there are fans in that that stadium, like that that jersey's in the rafters, and I think Kofi's is too. And Kofi has a quiet twenty-two and six tonight in twenty-four minutes, and dominated on the interior, made his free throws. Um, this is a special team, man, with, with two really special players at the top of it. it. First of all, if I'm Brad, I am lobbying for every afternoon, like 2.30 tip-off on Fox because he's two for two and triple doubles in those <laughs> so far in the last two weeks. And if I was the, the player of the year, that's got to be his Zoom background for every guard he ever recruits is, hey, this guy here. But th- th- there is so much about this team. And, and Brad talked about it, and, and he said it's going to sound corny, and I thought, okay, well, what's going to sound corny here? Because we'll, we'll see. And he said they're smiling. Like, yeah, that did sound a little corny. But you, you can see it. Like, th- there's definitely that 
chemistry about the team and that the way that they carry themselves and the way that they, you know, even some of the passes, like, and I think Bardo alluded to it. Like when Andre Corbello had that behind the back between two defenders to Kofi, he's like, no, I would have been sitting. I would have been sitting for that. And there were some players who might be like, Hey, hey dude, we're trying, but they, they kind of let themselves be who they are. And I think they really enjoy that and being around who they are. And again, it, it didn't show up as much early as they figured all the pieces out. Yeah. But you can really start to see it here in, in this, especially in this win streak and really parsing it a little deeper. Well, those special teams, right, that you watch, like whether for Illini fans it's 0405 or I think of some of those Villanova teams that won the national championship uh, with all those guards who played incredibly well together. Or you think of those Golden State Warrior teams. Um but it's, it's like they just move as one, right? Yep. And at times, this team doesn't look like that. But when they're clicking, they have that kind of special quality where it's like these extra passes they made today, 27 assists on 37 field goals, locked in defensively. Um, you saw some of the defensive rotations. I remember one where Georgie you know, got out on somebody. It was just like that is exactly – Thank called that out. Yeah, and it's like – that's one a, of those, like, You see it on offense – and obviously the passes, but on defense. And that's what Brad's talked about defense since literally like the second he stepped in Champagne. But like when they move and they rotate like that and anything that you think might be something is no longer something, that is what really to me shows that chemistry. And and I just think it's a it's a roster that's I I think this group always had like a great mix of players talent personality right like you have this dog in io who's like that's the league guy everyone knows that's the league guy he's our guy who's serious but he also is our leader and he acts like a leader he takes people out to eat right he gets in the car with people and he's he's just the guy you go to he's the serious one he's the he's the jordan but you also have kofi who's just this mammoth Right, but also full of life, and he's kind of been an energy guy. Like his motor has just run, and usually you don't get that from big men. Trent out last Northwestern game, yeah. right? Dude's jumping all over. He's uh, not to interrupt you, but we I remember sitting in, when they were at North or Northwestern was there, and Kofi. Like, you just don't see seven footers jumping around like that and literally screaming. So, so, so sorry, but yeah. yeah. So because you usually have to get big guys revved up, right? Because usually they play basketball because they're told to play basketball. Like Kofi loves it and he wants to be great. Trent Frazier's the senior, right? Who gets after it, has a lot of personality outgoing wise. DeMonte doesn't show us his personality, but I know he has it with the team. But he's another senior, right? That just gets it and uh, is smart. But then you add this flashy freshman and Andre Corbello, and yeah, it's bad, it's bad. But those plays can just energize a team. Right. And to have that guy come off the bench and, and be like that, we know the energy Georgie brings. So I just think it's this nice mix of like veterans who know how to play, know when to rev it up. And I think you're seeing Io kick this team into high gear. Like he told us after game, there's a huge sense of urgency now that I think we didn't see a month ago when they had those couple losses. Now that they've had those setbacks, they know, hey man, this thing's fleeting. And they've kicked it into high gear. And some nights it doesn't look great. But when they need it, that Io revs it up, Kofi revs it up, this whole team does, and they find a way to win games. But I, I just think this roster, as we're kind of talking about, it is finding, like, 
I think they're in a really good place right now, Joey. They they could lose one of these upcoming games that you don't want to lose, like Michigan State, who played well today, or they could lose to Ohio State or Michigan because those teams are good. But like I, I think this team it feels good about itself, feels confident, and I think Brad is starting to feel that too. Like you're starting to feel this is almost March. Like this is this is the time where memories are made and the legend of this team or not right is made yeah i don't think winning out and having this chemistry are two mutually exclusive right. things I, I think you can certainly still have that and lose a basketball game and there's a little swagger to brad underwood right now let's not kid ourselves man he, he's pretty pretty laid back and talking to us he i don't think he like it was like snappy but he was asked about hey you're gonna be on the road for the next forever he's like don't care don't care. I mean, just bring it. Like, and, and there's got to be a fatigue, right, of talking about this ever-changing schedule. I get that, but like, that's a pretty swagger, Brad. He just, right he just said, "Bring him on, right? Just, just bring him on. I don't care who's next. We'll play him. We're feeling good, and we have to be. We have to be great. And his team has to be tough. He knows with the Big Ten. Like, I don't think it was a a snap at other Big Ten schools. Like, hey, this is nothing. We got this. It was more just yeah. a, hey, bring this on. This is what we want. This is yep. this is what you have to do to win Big Ten championships, and we're doing it. Even though it's not perfect sometimes, um, it doesn't look pretty sometimes, and other times it does, like today. Uh, but either way, this team finds a way to win games in different kind of ways. And I think, it, you know, all roads kind of come back to Io here. And he said today, he said, look, this win – is no different than Northwestern to me. And when your best guy, your leader, the guy who's in front of every, you know, I, I get like the Jordan montage from the last dance when he's going on and saying, and he's like, when your guy is saying that, there's, that's real. Like that, that is real. I don't think Io cares. I mean, obviously everybody probably wants to win in the best fashion they can win, but to, for him to come out and to lead that charge and, Dude, what he says, says, you know, kind of seems like it goes mm-hmm. <laughs> like with his teammates, right? So if he's thinking that, I don't imagine the other guys are like, well, nope, I think that's it. And that's what it's going to be. You know, there's this long time, Joey, where we covered, I covered this team and there just wasn't an alpha. There, there wasn't an, I mean, Dimitri McKamey was a phenomenal player. He was not an alpha. Uh, Malcolm Hill, phenomenal player, was not an alpha. Um Tracy Abrams, I thought, was a good leader, but he was just wasn't good enough to be an alpha, right? Like, this guy is that. He's 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 the first guy probably since D, you know, Darren, those guys, that is a true alpha dog and is a true All-American. That's why you haven't had one since then. That That's what it looks like. Um, I do want to give out a shout-out to Trent Frazier. Uh, career-high six steals, and I thought he played even better defense than that. Um, Marcus Carr has to hate seeing orange Joey because uh-huh. the last three, he's played Illinois three times. He's played Illinois three times. He's nine for 36 shooting. That's 25% with 35 points. He has less points, fewer points than he does shot attempts against Illinois. And he has eight assists to seven turnovers. I mean, he's one of the best playmakers in the big 10. I don't think I, he's not a first team guy for me, and I'm debating whether he's a second team guy for me. I think there's a lot of empty calories at times with Marcus Carr at Minnesota, but that's still a hell of a job by Trent Frazier. Dude, this is major Kofi Coburn, Trace Jackson Davis vibes. Like against <laughs> everybody else, they're really, really good. And it's like, get out of their way because they're going to do it. And then there's just somebody who's there. And that's a lot of credit to Trent Frazier, who 
he has grown into. I don't know what his plan is for next season. I do know if I'm Brett Bielema, I might be hanging out at his apartment looking for a defensive back. It is unbelievable the way that he can get in there into those passing lanes. And all of those like jumped passing lanes that lead to a pick six on the other end, that's not even the best part of his defensive play on that on that uh, particular possession. He is, he just does not relent. And I remember Isaac Trotter. Do you remember the press conference? He asked Brad. He said, "How is he evolving?" He's like he couldn't guard you when he got here. And Isaac is a fine athlete, I'm sure, but he he is no uh, no star athlete here. And that's I want him on my uh, I want him on my arc team slash MP team. If you're old school <laughs> Illinois, but yeah, not not so much Big Ten. And then you have Trent Frazier, who who has grown into this like mad. He is mad if someone scores a bucket on him. And, and I think he is like this team. And Brad touched on it a little bit yesterday when he's like, "We're not going to tell you what our little mantra is here." I think that this team has so many of those, so many of those like needles that Brad knows how to just like poke at his team to really fire him up. And for Trent, it's being left off of these defensive awards for IO. It's something for everybody. I, or something. I, I think for IO, we know, I think Brad planted that seat in the media and everyone went I off about his family went off. Yeah, his family went off about it that like, <laughs> Oh, he's not the national player of the year. We'll watch that. Like, look what he's done. That's a genius <laughs> by Brad. And we know Orlando and chin are planning that stuff. Like with Kofi and all of them, that's that's motivation, but you also have to be able to be pushed. And that's what I love about those guys is Kofi is willing to be yelled at and he likes it and he gets better at it. And Io is fine with Brad. So people that freak out like, oh, Brad, did he did he needle his superstar too wrong? No, he tweaked him just the way a coach is supposed to tweak him. Uh, and they have enough trust in, in each other and, and faith in each other that Io took that and said, I'm going to show you, coach. Right, and even if he didn't like Brad for a couple moments, that's not what Brad's job is. Brad's job is to get the most out of his player, and he's certainly doing it. He is, and and I'm telling you, maybe this isn't coming from Brad though. I have to suspect Brad reminds Trent that he was not on that midseason list. That that to me, like I don't need to ask. I, I'm sure that is what is a driving factor. And man, he is really really good. And, and it's it's one of those that like the six steals today are going to get people who are going to, Oh my, you know, casual box were, you know, observers make, Oh well, boy, he, he might be pretty good at defense, but it's just the rest of it. That it's just, he is in your pocket all the time. He's a pest and he gets through screens better than anyone I've ever seen. Like he just like, because maybe he's smaller, he's quicker, but he just gets through and fights through screens and, and stays on your hip, right, and just bothers you. Um, he's really good at it. All right, Joe, when we come back, let's look at the, the road ahead for Illinois. It is on the road. Uh, but also uh, a little bit of the Big Ten because some of the Big Ten's bubble teams not performing very well this weekend. We'll talk about that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Joey, um, I do want to say this about Minnesota. Um, that's an embarrassing performance. I, I know Liam Robbins is hurt, and I don't. I, maybe he shouldn't have played today, to be honest with you. He had four assists and four blocks, but uh, I felt for that kid today. And, and Kofi owned him. He had zero points. I believe, did he end up with that? Um, yeah, ended up zero points on zero of four shooting today. And uh, But still, you got run off your court, and their their effort in the second half was bad. I mean, Illinois had, what, six dunks in the second half? What was your favorite? Uh, mine was the Kofi cockback, because uh, I, I did not know the big man could do that, but Adam Miller's also came out of nowhere. That was major, like, uh, was – high school vibes you like remember like the highlight reels of kofi you're like oh he's just gonna windmill standing straight up probably the georgie oop because i don't even know that io looked at him and and, like i didn't even know what io was doing i was because you couldn't really see georgie flying and it's like oh my god six dunks like that you talked about it this is before i got here dude there were seasons when this just did not happen. And they made it was it all Mav. Sad. It was Mav Morgan. Like, that was the only guy who dunked because he was so tall. And now you have that. Like Kofi had eight in one game, I believe. And and I, I think you uh successfully lobbed. Strong off the to it. Yeah, so so what was that, Joey? I think you got a Kofi dunk tracker. Is someone doing that yeah, now? Kofi dunk tracker on Twitter. It's I think it's just dunk Kofi and you know personality there but there's counting the tweets they're counting the dunks i think he's in the 50s at this point on the season which again a long freaking time it's probably topped what they had the old decade before kofi arrived not gonna lie they're so they look so easy and of course he's seven feet tall and of course it's gonna look easy but like this this is like there was a play today like, literally everybody from Minnesota just collapsed on him. Like, yeah, we don't think you're going to pass it, so figure out what you can do. And, he like, he gets that kind of attention, he still just dunks the heck out of it. It's something else. And I want to say this. Kudos to Io for his hard work, but also Fletch. Like, that guy is dunking with ease now. Um, I think Fletch said 11 inches he's gained on his vertical. That's that's another huge – I mean, think of, like, the little aspects of his game. And, again, we're going off on Io here, but we should. Um he had a post up that I wanted to see what he was going to do with it. And he ended up losing the ball and it went out of bounds, got deflected out of bounds. But like, I haven't seen that before. His, his, his mid-range game is ridiculous now. His three-point percentage is through the roof compared to last year. He just keeps adding and adding. And now you can add explosiveness and dunk. Like, man, I, I've seen first-round like guards, and I always got a lot of traits I would like as an NBA team, especially if you're picking after the lottery. And he's got a lot of the just that mental – edge to him that like you know he's not going to be outworked like he has got so much of if i'm the miami heat and like all we heard about in the bubble was like this this heat way uh yeah that's that kid all the way through but yeah he's got all of the traits and fletch gets a lot of credit for that and the three-point shooting you know you kind of laugh because like that has been the knock since the beginning of this kid as the prospect was like 
well, can he shoot? Can he shoot? And then, you know, as the draft process goes on after a sophomore year, that's the same question. Like, well, he shot, was it 29% from three as a sophomore, something along those lines. And now he's in the forties. And that is a lot to me about the body of work and the way that he approaches those things and how to successfully be needled a little bit and hear that and just attack that part of his game. And that's it's something else. Yeah. If you're, if you're a playoff team looking for a contributor right, right away and, and somebody who can be a really good, in my opinion, role player, like imagine I'm on Utah, the Clippers or the Lakers or Philly or uh, Brooklyn or Milwaukee or Golden State, like Toronto, I, any of those teams, I can see him fitting out, right? Because he's a winner um, and he's just got an overall game. Anyway, I, that's a bad that's a bad look for Minnesota, who's been great at home, um, but they are awful on the road and they are now six and ten in Big Ten play. They do have Northwestern and Nebraska coming up, but man, like with Robbins playing the way he is and hurt Kausher out. This team's in a little bit of trouble. They have a they have a very uh, good schedule remaining. They got Northwestern, Nebraska, Penn State on the road, and Rutgers at home. Those are winnable games, but that was a pretty embarrassing effort for them. And with their injuries, Minnesota could be in trouble. Like they're they're probably back to what the eleven line, but they got great wins. That, that's that's the thing is they they have is they have great wins. So they probably have to lose out not to make it or three or four they're on the bubble but if they get two more they're probably in but because of those great wins but they're in a little bit of trouble and indiana man i've made the comp of john gross and those that kind of tenure where it just felt like they they take one step forward and then they take two steps back indiana felt that way with their their loss to michigan state um they got a tough road they got Rutgers, michigan michigan state purdue left three or four on the road i think they need to finish 500 in the big 10 um to, to get there i mean i don't know how weak the bubble is but that's a team that's probably on the wrong side now, which is interesting. Now Maryland's probably getting on the right side. It's going to be fun to watch those teams compete for a spot. Yeah, kind of a tough day for Big Ten teams on the bubble and the front end by other Big Ten teams. Like maybe on the bubble. I don't think Michigan State's on the bubble. Maybe Michigan State works their way into the bubble. It's it's Tom Izzo, so you keep waiting for that rubber band to snap a little bit and, and to come back to, to earth a little bit. Indiana, though, oh boy, that is uh, – tough sledding right i mean your message board is not very happy which i understand i understand that too and you have a soup like a legit star and trace jackson davis and i you remember the preseason you know that was a good reason to be excited about that team in the preseason you got trace coming back you got i love race thompson man like race thompson is like on that all not he's not going to be on a big 10 like all big 10 team probably but like he's that guy who's not who like uh, he's my first round pick to have on my team today. He, he's Demonte Williams, four inches taller, right? Like <laughs> Demonte's obviously a better shooter now, um, but like like that kind of glue guy. That's but he's their second guy. Like Armand Franklin's so up and down, and I just haven't seen development from Durham and Finnessy. And you know, they're Christian Lander's way too young. He looks like a seventeen year old playing against men, right? Like because oh. he is. Um, but that's that's where they struggle. So that guard play just. They have not developed that. They have not recruited it. Look, when Brad Underwood is going all in for like however X number of guards in this one class or whatever it ends up being at some point in his tenure, remember 2020, 2021 Indiana. You cannot have enough guards who do guards things. You just can't. It's why why John struggled. He couldn't get that guy. 
right? Like, Wisconsin too. I mean, Wisconsin's got issues other than that, but like some of their guards just aren't with the rest of the Big Ten. And now again, if they want to take the fourth guard in the class, at some point you're gonna do it, do it. We don't care. Yeah. And that's maybe that's what I mean. Look, we know Kofi and, and you know big guys, Hunter Dickinson. That's probably. I mean, you're always gonna have big guys because you know tall people exist, but guards are it man yeah. guards are it and well, the big 10 has all the great big men basically besides drew timmy right um and and mobley at usc but like we're going on about these guards and like there might be one guard on the all big 10 team <laughs> but he could be the difference of it all right like yeah. he, he could be the absolute difference of it all so all right illinois coming up michigan state they looked pretty good today i still like that matchup but i think it's going to be a tough game on the road but uh you're just so much better offensively than them you got you to rebound. You got to be tough because um, Michigan State still has Hauser. Uh, Aaron Henry's playing great right now. But uh, you have a huge advantage uh, in the set, at center and, of course, at guard, right? Like you have the two best players by far on the court. Uh, then home against Nebraska, at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Ohio State. Talk about a finish to the season. Those three games. So you got to take care of business these next two, which would be a nine-game win streak. But then at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Ohio State, buckle up, let's go, Joey. Like that is that is such a fun finish to what could be a what is really a special year. So obviously you're going to have the final two games are probably going to be top ten games, you know, games against top ten teams. You would think, and I don't know what Wisconsin might fall out, but you could have you know, your final three games, top twenty five games. Two of them are in the top ten. And then, oh, ho, hum, now you go into the Big Ten tournament. You're going to end up getting a double bye, I have to pretty strongly believe. And then it's just go again. And you got it. I mean, that's it's got to sharpen you for the next tournament, right? Like, you got to be ready to roll. I mean, this Big Ten, like, I, I understand, like, maybe some, there's a little, like, fawning fatigue over the conference. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. It's good. But numerically, it is – I think they may have just passed the 04 ACC – as the best ever and holy cow and you know the big 12 might have the best team in america and it's also a deep league but the west coast conference might too but like that's what's hard about gonzaga is they are great and i think they can play with obviously nobody has beat them they had a tough non-conference they don't get tested night in and night out like illinois does or even baylor does like going through that big 12 dude i mean even that Northwestern game and Northwestern's really going nowhere fast this season, but that is a game that's like, you didn't just get to like coast through it. And Northwestern is higher in the Ken Palm than St. Mary's. And St. Mary's is the second best team beside what BYU in that conference or third best team. Yeah. And and Northwestern, when Illinois played, they're like 72 and like there's this afterthought in the big 10 race and they should be because they're at the bottom of the standings, but they're 72 in Ken Palm. That's, it's a tough league, man. And and God, I think it's going to pay dividends because at this point, Illinois has seen everything. I mean, they've been in a lot of different situations. They've gotten out to big leads. They let them go away. They've, they've gotten out to big deficits. They've climbed back. They've, I mean, they, they've been in a lot of situations here that, you would think would help them, but we don't know. I mean, tournament's a weird place. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of my first team, all Big Ten, Joey. Um, and Garza, DeSumo, Coburn, Jackson Davis. I even struggled. Like, Jackson Davis having such a good year, but his team just – I, I, I don't want to yeah, penalize him too much. But I think EJ Liddell, for me, is a first-teamer. 
I have him over Trevion Williams and all the Michigan guys. Listen, you can make a case for Dickinson, Livers, and I love Franz Wagner. Um, but I, I would have all those guys for second team, which is a great second team. And I, I don't know if I'd have Carr second team, to be honest with you. I, I think I'd rather go Wieskamp. Like, if I was building a team, I think I'd take Wieskamp over Carr. Like, that's the way I try to think of these things is I might take Liddell over Jackson Davis. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's such a, like – so Illinois has got two really good, like two objectively good players on two really good teams. And then the like Ohio state and Michigan are very, very, some of their parts. And that's not a knock because their parts are really freaking good. But like, then you kind of think like, okay, there's so much balanced scoring. It's the same like Jared Butler. Like you talk about, you expand this thing out to national player of the year. He is he very much should be a candidate because he is one of the, three, four, five best players in college basketball, but it's so spread out. Same with, you know, any, any, literally anybody on Gonzaga. Right. But yeah. it's so interesting how like this year feels maybe like more of a divide between like the really, really like just good, good players and the, some of their parts players who are hurt a little bit because their numbers are down. There's a couple guys, like you said, on Michigan, I think EJ is probably the only one on Ohio state fairly. Yeah. Like Dwayne Washington, I think I have my third team right now. Um, Aaron Henry, Aaron Wiggins, I think I would have in that conversation. Carr, and then Ron Harper, as, as Rutgers really just hasn't uh, been the same team all year. But yeah, I think Michigan deserves a lot of credit. Ohio State, all those guys, like CJ Walker's a nice player. I, I'm a huge fan of Zeg Key as a freshman. Uh, Aaron's is a fantastic shooter. But yeah, those are more some of their parts. So I, I try not to knock them. Like you can make a case for Franz Wagner, you know, as, as a two way player. Isaiah Livers, you know, I, I would just, I kind of, I kind of look at it like, who would I pick first if I were doing a draft? And I think Iowa and Gars are one and two. Kofi's three. And that would probably go between Jackson Davis and Liddell. And then I'd probably go with all the Michigan guys and Trevion Williams. Yeah. And that's – Trevion Williams is another guy who's putting up really good numbers on a not-so-great team. Like, are, are they still ranked? They might still be ranked. I don't – I'm drawing a blank. But, like, they're not – No, be. they're playing Nebraska right now, and they're winning. So they'll probably be ranked next week. But, you know, not the best team Purdue has ever put on a basketball court. But Trevion Williams is – dude, he just continues to put up numbers. Like, he has something else. He's he's fun to watch. But there's a lot of – like, the Big Ten is expanded out a little further, Jeremy. Like, how many Big Ten guys are going to be on these All-American teams? Huh. Well, Garza – I mean, you saw it today. The, the Wooden Awards, 7 of 20, right? And they're, they don't have Liddell on that list, which I think is crazy. Because I'd take Liddell over some of those other Big Ten guys. Um yeah, Garza's a first teamer. I think Desumu's a first teamer. And Kofi really has a case. I don't think he'll get it, Joey, because I was getting all the love and you know, you gotta put Butler on there. You gotta put somebody from Gonzaga on there. Um, you know, I, I don't I'm not putting like Cade Cunningham over Kofi though, right? Like I, I'm not gonna put any of those guys. And Kofi right now is number ten again in the uh, Ken Pomp, so I think that'll help him too. Dude, there's nobody like Kofi had a one-on-one today with, I think it was probably Liam or, or some other, you know, unfortunate person who had to try to stop him one-on-one, but like, it's automatic. It just had like that one-on-one with Kofi within an arm's length of the basket or within like a, a reasonable step, it's over. It gets automatic. And I don't know, and again, maybe because we've watched so much of Kofi this season, but he, you just don't get him. You, you don't stop him one-on-one. It's just not happening. And that is, 
a credit to where his game has grown because a year ago, Jeremy, one-on-one with Kofi, he had such a limited arsenal of moves that he could do to get you. And now all of that has been kind of eradicated. And, you know, (laughs) he opened up with some bank hook shot that I was like, oh boy, this is not going to go well. And it it did go well, but credit to him, right? And how he's evolved. And to your point, like if you were to step back and think of it like that, like, his numbers are really good, but also he passes everything in the eye test with what you're looking for in a college big man. And his his development, I mean, crazy. The staff deserves a ton of credit for that. Antigua, Fletch, Underwood, Gentry, Chan, like all those guys. Um, with both those players, I mean, Io, I I never thought had this level to him. And Kofi, the the thing you thought was this guy's going to be big, burly probably raw, right, and make a lot of mistakes. And he had some of that as a freshman, but he was a great big-time freshman of the year. And now, you know, I just – he had a couple of fumbles early in the game. Like, oh, I jinxed him. All of a sudden, Kofi hands are back, but then it wasn't an issue the rest of the game. And defensively, he's gotten so much better. Just this year. I mean, there was the Baylor game, and there was a couple other games where it just – I remember thinking like, oh, my God, if this is what it's going to be – this is not the ceiling that this team thought it was going to have if he's got the Kofi hand situation. And it just went away. Like, I don't even remember it being, and maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly because it's been a long year, but like, I don't remember it being like progressive, right? It was like, okay, not good, not good, not good. Oh, everything's fine again. Like it wasn't like this slow wean off of Kofi hands and credit to him because that he's developed as well in season. Yeah, as a lot like you know, most of the times guys come back and they've had the off season. And they're just objectively and visibly better. Kofi has done a lot of that since November, and, and that is kind of crazy. Yeah, since Baylor, right? Like Baylor, he got in the foul trouble. The first three games, like he walked into double doubles in those games. It was just like, yeah, that's that. Those weren't great games. We had those conversations then during Big Ten play. He's been, I mean, you could argue at times better than I.O. Right, like he, more important than Iowa at certain points of, of Big Ten play, he's just been consistently uh, dominant, and it has been uh, something to watch. Joey, now the national attention, the spotlight, we we see it. Uh, Pat Forty writes a story. Shannon writes a great feature this week. Chicago Tribune. Iowa goes on the score, and you're starting to feel like they're going to start coming. Like the national media is going to start coming, doing big stories on this team. Because they deserve it. And in a win like that, the stars you have, the personalities you have, and just the, you know, the cachet of Illinois basketball being back. Um, it's going to start getting a lot of national attention now as we get closer and closer to March. But this team is so deserving of it. I remember freshman year, like when we, Georgie's freshman year, like we kind of got to know him a little bit. And you're like, oh, this guy's something. Like, this is a fun guy. And I remember thinking like, boy, wait till other people find out about him because they are going to love him. And sure enough, I wasn't in the Michigan State game. He's dancing with reporters pregame. And it's like, yeah, now everybody kind of kind of knows a little bit. And he's just one and Kofi didn't take long. And you're right, the personalities, it's a really quotable team. It's a really media savvy team. They, they understand, you know, they're not afraid to really let us in a little bit. National reporters are going to eat it up. Yeah. I mean, we just, we, we know it as well as anything. To hear Io just quickly to tangent on this, to hear Io on the score yesterday, there was so much of a genuineness about that. And I know, you know, I didn't grow up near Chicago. I know the score, I think, was a big deal for you maybe yeah. growing up. And it obviously was for Io. And 
it matters like that premier radio station and that market matters to a lot of people and to hear just how i don't not that i don't think ever i was ever like bad with us or like he doesn't appreciate like he understands we've got a job we understand he you know we he understands the dynamic with us but to hear him really like holy crap like that was the first time i remember him like at least showing that holy crap this is awesome right like that that was he doesn't let that out he's a pro he doesn't let that out very often but that was pretty cool man like that was he's like man me and my dad used to listen to this driving around just like how cool like again he doesn't show that side because a lot of this is so routine to him after the career he's had dating back to high school and he got a lot of much deserved attention but that's pretty cool man that that was a cool time no yeah it's uh it's been cool to watch. It's cool to see, you know, the national people take these stories because there are so many good stories, whether it's Io and his dad and his family or Kofi, where his background comes from, Andre Curbelo, just how flashy he is, his background. Um, there's a lot of good stories with this team, and you'll get to hear a lot more of them from, from the national media here coming up. All right, Joey, that's a, that's a pretty good feel-good game for Illini fans, I would think. Yeah, I think they were uh, they were looking for that, man. The last two, I think, like people were cautiously excited, and this really put a lot of that right to bed. All right, Joey, talk to you later, man. All right, man. That's a long post game podcast, but we felt like that one deserved it. And just what uh, what's ahead? I mean, Illinois gained uh, ground this weekend on one of either Michigan or Ohio State. So if Michigan loses, Illinois will be within striking distance of the Wolverines and really he'll come down to that game uh, between the two that is now rescheduled uh, for March 2nd. But uh, if Ohio State wins that, all of a sudden they're kind of in the driver's seat of this Big Ten, but all of a sudden it's really, really muddled at the front. But if Ohio State loses tomorrow, then I think Illinois has got the upper hand with uh, that number one seed, but they have to go beat Ohio State probably uh, by the end of the season to be able to get that and of course not have many losses other than that as well. So uh, just playing for a lot. And every win you get, you're playing for more and more. There's higher and higher stakes for Illinois basketball, which makes this thing a lot of fun. We're going to cover the heck out of it. Already are on IlliniInquire.com. Check out all the post game from Trent Frazier, Io DeSumo, Brad Underwood. Got our quick hits. Going to work on our player grades. Derek is in Minneapolis. He'll have kind of the large picture view of that win. Uh, Joey's working on a story on just the supporting cast and what kind of contribution they made. And I'll have a piece on Trent Frazier coming up as well. And if you haven't already, right now, 50% off a VIP annual membership. If you're a monthly member, you can upgrade for that deal. But also with this deal, you get free complimentary service with CBS All Access, which turns to Paramount Plus. Great content on there. Uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, I know that's one of the Yellowstone new shows coming on that as well. But check that out at Illini Inquirer and sign up for a VIP membership. A lot of value in that. All right, if you don't already, subscribe to our podcast, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Everybody have a great weekend. I know you will after that Illini win. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. 
sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.